welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Across from me, Shane Bishop, and my name is Mike Wooten. We are truly happy, happy to have you join us today. This is where we talk about things in culture, leadership, and much more. We're, help you. We're here to help you navigate through the changes that you're going through. And we are in episode eight, where we're talking about fighting discouragement. Shane, how are you doing today? Well, I'm pretty discouraged, Mike. I mean, uh, I, I <laughs> wow. feel like these, these, you know, we don't have a, we don't really have a sponsor. No. For our show. You know, I feel like, I don't know, it's just hard. You're looking for the affirmation of a sponsor right now. No. I, I <laughs> that feel, doesn't sound like you at all. <laughs> I feel like it's a shtick. Yeah, I do too. And, and my greatest fear yeah. is that someday we would actually get a sponsor. I'm, yeah. And then our whole nightclub act would, would, just go down the toilet, yeah. man. We'd have nothing and maybe, to joke about. And maybe we wouldn't, yeah, have as much fun because then maybe we'd have to get really serious. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I, I haven't had a bit of fun since we started. <laughs> okay, <laughs> since Dang we it. started this. So for me, I don't. I don't hey. know that would make any difference. No. But hey. to, no, I'm doing great. I'm today, glad to hear. It. Hey, I need to tell you something yes. that happened a couple of Saturdays ago. Okay. to start us off here, I need to know. I, I wonder if uh, parenting anyone who had some type of parenting organization would want to sponsor us because uh, let me share this story. I'm in th- I'm thinking it's a no. So two Saturdays ago, <laughs> we watched Dirty Jobs. You know, Dirty Jobs. Yeah, with, with Micro. Micro. Yeah, he goes out to different places around the country, jobs and does the dirty job, and he's got a whole film crew and all that. So I'm watching with my seven-year-old daughter, Nora, mm-hmm. four-year-old daughter, Ava, on a Sunday morning. And it was about kind of like a portable harvesting for cows or what they used to call slaughtering. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I was told a couple years ago by a farmer. Harvesting. It, you're supposed to call it harvesting. You're that scene on Napoleon Dynamite where the farmer harvests the cow in front of all the kids driving by in the school bus? No, I blocked that out. Oh, that's a great scene. No. Go ahead. It was a harvest scene. Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of, uh, it, was, it was on DVR, so I, or not DVR, it was on demand, so I kind of and went through. it's on a Sunday morning. The Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, you said Saturday. Sunday early. Did I, I was oh, sitting there thinking, man. How did I get that in yeah, between how, worship how you services? In? Yeah, because yeah. I always wonder where you are. Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I'm doing. <laughs> You're probably not shocked. Uh, but no, Saturday morning. And so uh, the girls watched all of the cow being harvested. And I feel like I was really doing them a service, though. You did. Because good now parenting. they know. I feel like that's pretty good parenting. Yeah. But my wife found out about it. Okay. And she couldn't believe that I did that. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that was good parenting or bad parenting? You think we get a sponsor from that? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, <laughs> we haven't gotten a sponsor from more conventional things. Uh-huh. So I feel like this is a kind of <laughs> shot in the dark, yeah, you know, right. kind of thing for a sponsor. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, just me personally, I think if you're going to eat a chicken sandwich and if you're going to eat a chicken nugget, yeah. you probably ought to be cognizant of the fact that yeah. a chicken gave its life for it. Didn't really grow on trees or out of the ground. Somebody killed the chicken. They pulled all the feathers yeah. out and they ripped the skin off and, and they cooked it and they gave it to you. So I, I think that's good Old Testament parenting. There you go. Well, we are on the same page with that. Well, before we get started, we want you to know we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. Let us know what you think. Shane, we have like I think we got like 30 or 40 reviews between a couple platforms right now. Do people like our show? They seem to say, yeah, we're appreciative. Maybe they're being nice, but we have like five stars on both uh, uh, iTunes and on Podbean. So let me ask you a question. Do you review our show under different names <laughs> no. like I do? No. 
<laughs> so I didn't no. know if it was both of us no. doing this. So, no. you know, so it's really just, me yeah. Like, like, you know, if I might say, you know, who is this crystal? Yeah. This is the best show ever. Yeah. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. And then who is this, you know, uh, Bob. Yeah. My yeah. name's a palindrome. So <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I, I'm throwing out there. Well, well, there you go. Well, we, I guess we're just thinking ourselves then. Well, Shane, we want to get into, does uh, anybody watch these, Mike? Watch them? No. No, because we're not. We at first we were kind of like filmed, right? We were, and and our special editions <laughs> are still filmed. Yeah, that's right. And we're supposed to have a special edition coming out very soon. Another special edition. What would it be on, Mike? It's going to be again on the coronavirus. All right. And we're going to how people are working through that. So that's going to come out. So uh, when it comes to special editions, we're wearing out that old coronavirus, <laughs> huh? Well, yeah, it seems like to be it. where everyone's at right now. So, so we're going to lean into that, it. For that, we're going to get be filmed. Yeah, absolutely, and that will be on YouTube as well. Well, we have one other on YouTube. I think it was, yeah, our first special episode, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we'll have two uh, sometime short. Actually, by the time this one airs, that might already be out. Okay. So people then will get to see what I see, which is you have <laughs> earphones and I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have earphones. You know, we'll try to get a little bit more Why do you TV have earphones ready. now, Mike? Uh, I'm listening to music while we do this. <laughs> I'm listening to an old Dirty Jobs episode. I like actually. it. All right. Now, we're going to talk about encouraging the discouraged. And, you know, one Shane, one of the things I really uh, love about you, you know, you have a great balance of empathy and toughness when we get into stuff about encouraging uh, the discouraged, especially how we have to encourage ourselves, get us out of the place of fighting discouragement. And so we're going to navigate through that a little bit. And one of the first things I've heard you say, when someone is fighting through discouragement, they have to double down on the mission. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, Sometimes God loves on us, and sometimes God shoves on us. And I think when it comes to discouragement, that what you just mentioned, that empathy is the loving. And, and, and there is a point at which we got to say, you know what? Now it's probably time to, to get up, get rolling, and get moving, and, and that's kind of the, the shoving. But I think discouraged people are often people who are off mission. One of the things I've been hearing a lot during this coronavirus uh, shutdown is that people are, are lacking a sense of purpose. So I would just really encourage people to refocus their energy toward what is your life about? I think everybody yeah. should have a life mission statement. What is it you're trying to accomplish in life? Maybe right now, yeah. Mike, a big thing that you're trying to accomplish is to raise two girls to become women of God. Yeah. Well, how do you move the needle on that? So sure. for me, when people get discouraged, they are off mission. They're not sure how they're actually making progress in their life. I think if we can get that mission statement back in front of us, what we're trying to do, and then we make effort toward that, I think that's a great antidote to discouragement. I do as well. And here's one of the things I think of with the whole kind of personal mission, finding out that what, what that is uh, and leaning back into it. That's where usually we find our purpose. That's where usually we find our happiness. And so sometimes I think the reason, you know, we let the world kind of shove us around a little bit, discouragement comes. But once we lean back into whatever our personal mission is, it, we not, might not feel happy the first day we're into that. But as time goes on, you know, we're going to enjoy whatever that is. Yeah, because you got to decide, are you going to make it happen or are you going to let it happen? Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. making it happen is deciding this is what I want out of my life. Yeah. And, and I'm going to do what it takes to facilitate that. Otherwise, we, we kind of end up like a piece of driftwood out in the ocean, and we're always overwhelmed by things. So doubling down on that mission, I think, is really, really important. Shane, before we move on, um, 
how do you think someone develops just in general? How do you think someone develops a personal mission statement? Is that like them saying, okay, I like to do this. And so that's what, that's one of the things that goes into my mission statement. Is it have to do with faith and what God is asking you to do? What would just be like a general thing you would, if someone was saying, I'm just trying to create a mission statement for my life. Yeah. I, I kind of like to uh, segment life just a little bit. Okay. So what is it you're trying to accomplish spiritually? Uh, I want to get closer to God. What are you trying to accomplish relationally? Okay. Uh, with your family, with your friends, w- with your spouse. Uh, what are you trying to accomplish vocationally? Uh, in your job, in your career, those type of things. So I think mission statements just give us clarity yes. in the main area. Our health would be yeah. another area we might have a mission statement in. Or those mission statements give us clarity as to what we're trying to achieve and, and without that clarity, we don't know whether yeah. we're moving the needle or not. Sure. I have talked to a lot of discouraged young men, Mike, and a lot yeah. of them about your age. Yeah. And they don't feel like that they're accomplishing anything. Yeah. And, you know, I sit down and talk to them. Uh, they're faithful husbands. They're raising families. They're coaching their kids' ball clubs. They're really trying to invest in, in some good things in their life. They're faithful at church. And I get talking to them, and, and by the time we get done, they're feeling better about themselves because they're doing a lot of good things, but they're not self-examined enough to, to be aware sure. of the good things they're doing. Mission statements allow us to put our highest aspirations out there in writing, and yes. then we can tell whether or not we're making progress. I love that. For a lot of reasons, I love that. But I do think guys in particular, uh, we can have a little bit... Uh, we sometimes don't embrace that type of thinking. If we're like writing down, you know, yeah, right. writing down. I know I've gone through some of that. Why am I going to write that? What am I? I've written down my values, but you know, ten years ago, yeah, I would have right. never done anything like that. Or what are my non-negotiables? But I think into adulthood and kind of even this phase you're talking about, you have to start to write this stuff down. Also, what I love about what you said for the discernment, it seems like people need to ask, start asking questions. Yeah, you got to start asking questions because uh, as you took us through all those. Uh, you know, just start asking questions about your life. Well, are we going to live intentionally or are we not? That's right. I'm going to say the key to fighting discouragement is living intentionally, double down on that mission. All right. And some people, Shane, you know, they're not quite there yet. And one cycle people get into is they start feeling sorry for themselves. And I, you know, this is where the empathy and the toughness, you know, you might want to lean towards toughness. I know uh, you're not big on whining. In fact, you say, uh, I think you have a phrase about weak sauce. Yeah, when the, grandki- <coughs> when the grandkids were little, uh, they'd, they'd be whining about something or the other. And I'd always used to tell them, that you're squirting weak sauce in <laughs> Papa's eye. <laughs> and, th- you know, there, there is this thing. And what happens with whining is you, you will attract who you are. So if you whine, you're going to attract whiners. Yeah. And before long, your, your whole life is going to be kind of like a whine fest. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with having some empathy and all that. Yeah. But if all you got are woe is me, everybody hates me, nobody likes me, I'm going to eat a can of worms kind of people, yeah. and you got a whole bunch of that going, yeah. man, that's a bad cycle yeah. to be in. And at some point, sometimes you need somebody just to give you a boot and a hind end it says, you know what? Cancel the pity party due to lack of interest. Yeah. Pull yourself together and let's right. get moving on this. And we get it. All we go through some tough times, discouragement, and we, you know, maybe we whine a little bit, but we don't need to do it publicly. I think a couple of years ago you talked about something you were going through 
and you said, uh, like, you have your, I don't know how you said it, you have a wine fest like a Tuesday from 3 to 3.15. Yeah, I just try to block off about 20 minutes a week to feel sorry for and myself. And move on. But I'm certainly not going to make a video <laughs> I, of it and I, post it on I Facebook. I hear you. And, and that's one thing that I think people really do need to hear. It's normal to feel those things, but it can't dominate our lives. And I love, you're right, it attracts people. It does, man. And I can tell you this, it repels other people. Absolutely. Whenever you got a whiner, I, I don't want to be around a whiner. Functional people are not going to be want to be around dysfunctional people, right. and dysfunctional people are not going to be around want to be around functional people. Mm-hmm. So you know Ben Franklin, who I still think is the most quoted of all biblical authors, <laughs> Ben Franklin said, "Birds of a feather flock together." So if you really wonder what your general attitude toward life is, look at the people that flock to you, and if they're all whiners, boom! I bet you ninety nine point nine percent of the time you are one as well. Absolutely. Now, another way that we can fight discouragement is to just simply be faithful. Now, one of the things spiritually Satan will try to do is knock us down, but we have to stay faithful, don't we, Shane? You know, at the end of the day, theologically, when people make it to heaven, the statement is always there, well done, good and faithful servant. And for me, faithfulness is is so much of the, it's kind of the, the skeletal system of life. Mm. You know, promise keeping. Mm. How, how can you be have a strong marriage without being a right. promise keeper? Right. Uh, how can you be a good parent without being faithful? How can you be a good Christian without being faithful? Faithfulness isn't always fun. I remember the old Sting song, I never make promises lightly, and there have been some that I've broken. But the reality is that when we make a promise, uh, we need to be faithful to that. And if we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. And we need to be people others can count on. And I think just knowing that you're faithful Hmm. is a way to fight discouragement. It's just knowing that I am going to be standing tall yeah. People can count on me. I'm going to be a rock through yes. this. Uh, that is is a very powerful thing. That's a powerful witness, a powerful thing for relationships as well. You know, sometimes, Shane, you know, the devil will lie to us. We'll keep hearing something that discourages us. And me and you had a conversation a couple of years ago, and I think you used a tennis metaphor when, like, whenever weakness is coming, whenever you feel like you have a weak shot yeah. or something like that. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I... I played college tennis without playing high school tennis because we didn't have tennis because I grew up in a small southern Illinois town. But I taught myself to play. And what I really didn't have were ground strokes and good instruction. But what I really did have was treachery. And so I made my college tennis team. And uh, during practice, the coach would always have me scrimmage with the first or second best player. And they were so much better than me. I think maybe I played fifth out of six on the team. But I would always practice with these guys. And one day I just asked the coach, I said, Coach, why is it that I'm always having to scrimmage with the very best tennis players? And he looked at me and he smiled. He said, because, Bishop, you are absolutely relentless. You will identify a weakness in an opponent and you will relentlessly attack it. And he said, over time, you will make my very best players even better because by attacking their weaknesses, those weaknesses will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I said, Mike, to the coach, I said, but what about me? And he said, there's really no hope for you. 
Uh, well, sometimes that's kind of how it works with, I think, uh, when we're hearing these lies. You know, as we battle through this, we get stronger. Yeah. We, we make ourselves a lot stronger. All right. We got one more until we finish part one of this episode. So this is a two-part episode. This I know it is a two-part episode because we have so much more to say about fighting discouragement, Shane. Well, we've said so little so far. I hope there's more, Mike. <laughs> you better believe it. All right. Here's number four. Uh, remember tough times don't last forever. So when we're fighting discouragement, we need to remember that tough times don't last forever. What do you think, Shane? Well, you know, I, I guess if you're going to go out and have a terrible attitude and whine about everything yeah. and do all kinds of dumb crap, I guess tough times do maybe last forever for you. But yeah. I love Galatians 6, 9. It, it says, in due time, we shall reap if we do not let our hearts grow weary. So don't lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap. And my interpretation of that is if we do the right things the right way, yeah. we will get the right results in the right time. I think about the Bible, uh, Jesus talked often about sowing seeds. And we all are going to reap what we sow, but you don't reap today what you sow today. You reap today what you sowed yesterday. You'll reap tomorrow what you sow today. So my thinking is, in, when it comes to tough times, that if we are being faithful to God, if yeah. we're just keeping on, keeping on, staying, staying faithful, doing what God's asked us to do, if we keep on sowing good things, we can be assured that there is a good harvest ahead. Satchel Paige, the uh, great pitcher, wrote in his Rules of Baseball, never slow down, some may be gaining on you. I think theologically, it, it, it kind of is the opposite. Theologically, if you're doing the right things the right way, you probably should slow down because blessing is in pursuit of you. Good things are coming. Bad times don't last forever for those who are doing the right things the right way. Uh, you're speaking of Satchel Paige. He had quite a few wins in his career. And one of the things I was thinking about as, a, as young leaders may, may be listening to this, a lot of times young leaders don't have a lot of wins in their memory. You know, and I know that usually what happens, teens and 20s, you start to think you know it all, and then you realize you don't know much at all. And you start to go through this time where maybe you, you don't have any wins and you can't remember that tough times last, don't last forever. What I say to that audience is that, you know, lean on people who've been through it. It's good. Lean on people who have actually gone through it. They have a witness for you. Uh, listen to them, how they're encouraging you. Listen to their life stories. Um, but for those who are, you know, maybe my, my age who have got a couple wins in the back uh, now kind of that they can look towards, uh, it's good to remember how God has brought you through that. And I think that will give you the extra boost uh, the extra firepower you need to battle through and discouragement. I think it's, I think it's also uh, why that having some intergenerational relationships, oh. Mike, are, are really, really helpful to yeah. us in those times of discouragement. Because you, as, as a young man, you're raising two very young daughters. There may be times that you get really down. You can sit and talk to me, who, oh, yeah. who are, who've already well, raised my kids, and you can sit and talk to me, and I say, yeah, you go through that. But you right. know what? You're going to get through that. Things are going to be just fine. And I think a lot of times the older people can be helped to the younger people. Yeah. And conversely, I, I know there have been several times in my relationship with you where you've come in and you've said, hey, what you're doing here online, what you're doing with some technological things, I think you could up your game. 
yeah. a little bit. And, and why don't you try this platform or that platform? Yeah. So I think those intergenerational relationships are really symbiotic. I think they can add energy to mm-hmm. our lives. They give yeah. us perspective. And those in and of themselves become ways to fight discouragement. There's no doubt about it, Shane. Now we're going to end this podcast, this part of the podcast. You feel so like we're ending before we got to the best part, Mike? Yeah, the, we're saving that for the next the part. The really good stuff. The really good stuff. The stuff that's going to have sponsors lined up is There's coming. There's no doubt. Next I, time. This is going to come out on a Tuesday. Every day after that, people are going to be so excited. And is it true we had to pay people to consistently put our product out at a certain time? That part is true. They won't let you schedule these podcasts unless you pay. And so we've actually paid. So do you know what kind of money we're talking about? I mean, did it cost us like a hundred bucks to do this? It cost us 108 bucks to do this for a year. For a year. Yeah. 108 (laughs) bucks. So here, this is great folks, because this is exciting. So if we do one of these a week, we're doing 52 a year. Yeah. So you double that. That's Mm -hmm. 104. Yeah. So we're almost there. So basically, we need a sponsor for about $2.03 yes. a day. Yeah. An episode. Yeah, an episode. We would I welcome mean, that. We got money wrapped yeah. up in this now. And $108 yeah. per year. Yeah. We would at least break up. even, which is, you know, no one thought we would break even on well, this. Well, no one ever really thought about our podcast at all. Yeah. Someone told me today... Uh, I said, thank you for listening. They said, oh, yeah, we like to listen. We've listened to two. And I said, well, there's seven out there. Ooh, <laughs> boy. Did, did they feel like they were really zinged there? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. No, because I'll ask, like, my kids. Yeah. I'll say, you know, Lydia, have you listened to our podcast? And she'll go, oh, Daddy, I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> we've, we've, <laughs> we've done this maybe 30 times. Yeah. And to my knowledge, she has never listened to one of our podcast. Yeah. And now that we need sponsors, I well, feel like, I, I don't know, I'm starting to yeah. feel discouraged again because <laughs> no, how are we going to cover this 108 bucks yeah. a year? Well, I will say, Lydia, if you listen to this, you need to tell your dad that you did because this is your opportunity to say you listen to this podcast. She, there's no way she's, she's never no, But now you'll know she's gonna happen. No. She can hear me talk for free. <laughs> and one of the great advantages of leaving our house was that she didn't have to hear me talk for free. I'm sure of this, Mike. <laughs> Well, we want Mike, to... you going to kick into your uh, kind of broadcaster voice and get us out of here? Yeah, I need to do Let's that. Let's do it, man. Hang Let's on. roll it. <clears throat> oh, I like that. We are glad that you joined us on Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We will have part two of this episode next Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Let us know what you think, how this is helping you, and share this with your friends. You can follow our blogs at RevShaneBishop.com, RevMikeWu.com, and you can find us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and make sure that you keep the change.